Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome you back for the first time in like three months to It's a Wrap! Yay, yay! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's a Wrap! It is I, your host, Cooper Ferguson, and the doc, the Golden Gloves Gleason, heavyweight champion, <laughs> PhD in messing you up. <laughs> Gosh, that was a great fight. I thanks for the I, support. Thanks for the love. I got so aggressively hyped up in the stands. It was a, <laughs> it was right under the uh, under the line of like I work here. I should stop. <laughs> I, I should I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, I wish um, I could have seen you. I wish was, there was footage of that. <laughs> we should get a better crowd cam. <laughs> it was real bad because like everyone was doing well. It was like a, what was it like a. Two three point difference. In, yeah, in, it was in the, close. It was real close. It was close. Whenever I go to a sporting event, like this, this walks the line of a sporting event, I guess. But like whenever I go, I don't like sports typically. But whenever I do go, I ended up, I always end up getting like way, yeah. way too into smack talk. <laughs> like I get really into it, and then I get on a roll, so I can just start talking trash yes. constantly in a flow, and it's all good. But if I don't watch it, it gets much meaner than yeah. it should. For the rematch, I'm going to have you as my hype man. So you can, like, come out with the corner team. <laughs> Give me a sec here. Decided that if it's possible, I think people would appreciate watching a video awesome. of, of, of the exchanges. Might also be nice. But, yeah, it's uh, I felt bad because I like Andrew. But I was also, like, I know you better, so I was out there being, like, just, just you gotta, talking you gotta smack. You got to pick a like, side, you know. You really do. <laughs> I was. I think the best one um, the people around me were saying was like, "You can tell Andrew's in admissions because he's let every one of those in." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> and then I tried to come up with a with a couple for for Andrew, just just yeah. like for posterity's sake. And it was, I don't know, I, I can't remember what they were, but they're probably something along the lines of like. Make it so we can't teach tomorrow. That's low effort, but I can't, like, I couldn't figure out. I did teach I had the been. next day. <laughs> I was concussed for about three days. Really? Oh, my Lord. Dang, we're going to have to. But have to... Uh, I'm sharp. I'm mentally sharp now. All so. right, cool. We're coherent. We're not. I didn't subject you to uh, three albums while you were dazed right. and confused, luckily. Okay, so um, before we get into uh, the root of everything, um, we have some things that I just want to jump across, jump over, things that might be important, things that some people might care about uh, when it comes to the world of rap so far. One of the things I think is most interesting is Tech 9 had an NPR Tiny Desk concert performance. Nice. They, every time they bring in a rapper, it's always one I really don't expect. Yeah. Like they brought in Mac Miller. They brought mm-hmm. in um, Run the Jewels and Tyler the Creator. Like people like no name makes sense. And then they bring in Tech 9 who's just always known for, like, his giant sort of spectacle shows. But hmm. he's he's up there being himself. He was tons of fun. Um, Chance the Rapper got married recently. Uh, Newsworthy. He also uh, took a musical sabbatical that was pretty well publicized uh, to to study the word. Hmm. I'm, I'm personally personally proud of the guy. That's cool. I, I like him. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot that Obi Trice existed. Um like I, I remembered that song, the the opening. If if y'all don't know, that's a "Wanna Know" by Obi Trice. That was off some boxing game I played on the PSP way way nice. back when. But then I realized that that gum Obi Trice was on stuff a while ago, and then it was gone. And then I was thinking about all the rappers that existed in 
the early 2000s who disappeared, like Krayshawn, who was, I guess, the original Gucci gang, honestly, <laughs> because she had like Louis, Louis, Vinny, Vinny, um, Louis, yes. Louis, Gucci, Gucci, Vinny, Vinny, Prada. Yeah. And basically, just, it was, she was the annoying designer person before uh, Pump stepped in or before mm. Migos stepped in, mm. unless Versace and her came around at the same time. But that was just people like that. That was all sparked by the fact that Soja Boy has been on a grind recently that I did not expect. He he's came, beefing. He's he, calling people out. It's I love it, too, because yeah. he is <laughs> just so worthy of being smacked upside the head as well. Like he's, he's he making, got into it with Drake. That yeah, was the big one, wasn't yeah. it? He, yeah. Um, he got on the, 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 breakfast, the breakfast show or breakfast club, and just someone was like, uh, yeah, but what about Drake? And then he had the iconic line, Drake! Just <laughs> that kind of voice scratch when he's saying, like, Drake stole his flow. Then you, you like, analyze it. Drake straight up stole the man's flow. He has a point. He, he really yeah, does. He's For everything that Soulja Boy does that's stupid, People have done a very good job recently of acknowledging how much impact he has had. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than you think it would. Mm-hmm. Like he is arguably the creator of like the internet age of rap. Mm-hmm. With with crank that like as dumb as that song is, mm-hmm. it's the it's the genesis of this sort of digital electro yeah. age of the of the genre. Um, and then he just decided to start selling unlicensed video games, and <laughs> what a, that that was where I stopped just giving any sort of respect. Um, DMX got out of prison. Uh, guess why he was there? No, it's not for that reason. It's because of tax fraud, the least gangster reason to go to prison, <laughs> unless you're talking the about... The most gangster reason, reason to go to prison. Uh, you're talking about Al They Capone, always sure. get you. The IRS <laughs> will get you in the yeah. end. <laughs> um, other person going to jail, 6ix9ine. I brought him oh, up really? a couple times. Takashi 6ix9ine. Yeah. He has faced, I think, seven federal charges, uh, all of which, uh, some of which have a minimum sentence, a minimum life sentence. Oh, no, I did see that. Yeah, that uh, was, of 40, that was, yeah. a collective 47 years, Yeah, uh, which means that at uh, how, 22, as he is now, if he was going to jail at just the minimum years, he would come out at the age of 69, yeah. um, which I, it's <laughs> great. Uh, oh, sweet irony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> turn, I, I'm pretty sure he's snitching on a bunch of the people he was uh, caught up in that stuff with, and he's, a, he's, he's probably going to get out of it with a lighter sentence because the, the man's not going to do well in prison. Um, just, just, he's just ridiculous looking. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> snitching. 21 Savage got arrested by, uh, ICE, uh, because apparently he's British. Uh, mm. and like he didn't even know. <laughs> mm. Um, that was a, that was a ruckus for a while. There was, uh, YNW Melly, who, who not a lot of you might know. He came up with a pretty big underground song called Murder on My Mind, which has like a decent melody, but it's mm. all about... It's an oddly sad and contemplative song from the perspective of a guy who murdered his friend accidentally because he, like, popped up while the guy was holding a gun, so he just whipped around out of oh, fear wow. and shot him. Turns out, Melly was, uh, I think, arrested for murdering two of his friends accidentally. So maybe the song hmm. <laughs> is about that. Hmm. I don't know what the timeline on that is. The timeline is kind of mixed up, but it's 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 whatever. That's Does been a, Lecrae... Check Millie in no, one of the albums? Probably not. I don't think so. Okay. I thought I saw I thought he, I saw something. He might have he might have mentioned Millie, but this is Melly. Oh, okay. Very okay. very close. Also, okay. if you That's ever see it. a picture of YNW Melly, he looks like a black Sheen Estevez from uh, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> um also Cardi B won the Grammy for best rap album. Oh. Uh and I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> I am upset. Only like it it went up against Astro World. Like 
that's not my favorite Travis album. Yeah. But it is still better than Cardi. Yeah. I am upset. I am just... Uh, never, mm, just going to put that away. Also, uh, all of Brian's uh, Chapel podcasts wind up on SoundCloud, so oh, that cool. makes Brian College a SoundCloud artist. And <laughs> thus, no, no stones shall be thrown by the administration. I have, I have decreed it until you fix your life. Um, big album releases recently. XXXTentacion had a, uh, his first posthumous album, Skins, released. Had Kanye West on it. Had only a couple tracks. It was real short, like all his mm. albums are. Uh, Ice Cube dropped an album. 21 nice. Savage had his own album. Vince Staples, not a lot of people um, I've talked to know about him, but he dropped an excellent album called uh, FM. Lil Peep also dropped a posthumous album mm. that was pretty well received. So uh, I guess... I don't think Mac Miller's going to end up dropping anything now, but if he did, that like those are the three people who died like mm-hmm. in the same yep. year, dropping with each other. That'd be kind of that'd be that'd interesting. Be cool. Earl Sweatshirt dropped an album that people were waiting for that for a while. JID, Jid, the mm. man dropped another album. It is tasty. Mm-hmm. That man's that man knows how to spit. He's smart mm. and he's engaging. Mm. My man Ski Mask, mm-hmm. the Slump God, dropped an album and it was disappointing. Oh. It wasn't bad. It was just disappointing. It was so could have done better. Yeah. Um, Aesop Rock, the uh, the man with the largest vocabulary in the, the whole rap game, dropped an album with uh, another electro artist called Malibu Ken. If you're if you're into kind of weird experimental off the wall story rap, definitely look that up. Uh, def- definitely check out the song at least Acid King. That is a story song through and through, nice. and it is dark and twisted and and. So so engrossing. I love it. Hmm. Um, Anderson Pack nice. dropped another album. The man the man knows what he's doing with his life. Future dropped an album that got pretty well received. Logic's leaning towards dropping an album soon. A uh, YouTuber named Tabby dropped an album that I didn't I didn't realize that someone could drop an album just out of nowhere. Like they're a YouTuber with under a hundred thousand subscribers. Like first of all, a YouTuber dropping music just is always weird. Like mm-hmm. like Scarlord. Who's a who's kind of big in the underground scene was a YouTuber, but this dude drops an album. He's a white guy from Wisconsin. It's really good. Hmm. Just delivery, personality, flow. Hmm. Recommending it to y'all if you're looking for just something weird. Just tossing those out there. Some of those might be good. Some of those might not yeah. be good. Only listen to a couple of them. Uh, the biggest news for me personally is that I re-listened to Kamikaze oh. six times oh. in the space of like three days. Yeah, previously featured on this podcast, and, Eminem's Kamikaze. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four, I think, oh. uh, when I when we first reviewed it. I think okay. I gave it a four. Okay, so you're because, not saying now. Yeah, because I, I respected it, but at the same time, I was very annoyed by it mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, now, I'm giving it like a two. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I, I, you may not realize how long I spent. I wrote a 1,400-word essay to myself about why I hated this album again. Like I spent, uh, I spent a day that I should have spent doing actual schoolwork, sitting down with Kamikaze, going through literally every track line by line and dissecting everything Mm. about it. Mm. Um, I'm not going to give you all that now, but I'm going to uh, give the, the, the summary that I left here at the end. Uh, I think the album would have been better if it was an EP. Okay. If it was a five-track EP that included The Ringer, Lucky You, Stepping Stones, Not Alike, and Kamikaze. Now, some of the lines in those tracks should be removed because those aren't they aren't good. Like the line where he starts trashing Tyler, 
Mm-hmm. It's just a stupid line. Mm-hmm. It's just a dumb line with a dumb sentiment. Mm-hmm. He should know better. He needs to get rid of that line because um, he's just he's just dumb. But if he did that, then it would be an album about the best rapper in the game jumping forward saying, you're all dumb. You're all bad at your things. Look at me. I'm awesome. And then he mm-hmm. sits back down. Yeah. Instead, he takes time out of his life for songs like Fall and Nice Girls uh, and, and um, Nice Guy, Good Guy uh, and Normal and all and, and, and just god awful tracks, <laughs> so bad. And I re-listened to Greatest. Um, this is this is the biggest retraction I want to make. I said that Eminem was bad at hooks during that mm. episode, and I would like to apologize because I was un unforgivably wrong <laughs> because I forgot about the man's early career mm-hmm. in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot about uh, Without Me. Forgot about. Uh, Real Slim Shady, My Name Is, even some of his more recent hooks that aren't interesting, they're still incredibly catchy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just forgot about some of these men, mm-hmm. like some of the hooks the man creates. I'm just, I was just wrong. Mm-hmm. I felt very, uh, I felt ashamed. But yeah, no, <laughs> the album Kamikaze is a joke to me now. Kamikaze is <laughs> literally. This is the addendum now. It, it is, it <laughs> is script. Com- literally, I started listening to it and I realized, gosh, this is one of the very few albums that I could call so bad it's good in some ways. Hmm. Especially, mo- most certainly when you hear that opening thing that's like, because I want to punch the world in the freaking face right now. <laughs> Just the most immature <laughs> thing ever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's that's all put to the side. That's your post-mortem. Yeah, that's my post-mortem. Um, uh, I'm considering making a little sti- uh, side standalone episode where I just sit down and rant for a little bit <laughs> in the studio alone, being like, "Listen, listen, listen. This is my this is my kamikaze in retrospect <laughs> analysis." Um, you may way, need to do it for your own sanity or conscience. I might. It I sounds might. like it sounds like am, you're, you're working it out here. I am so so in my head about that. Yeah. Um, other thing, uh, there was a moment where you said that he mentioned a line about doubling commas. That was actually Royce to 5'9 mm. on a track. Okay. Um, but I re-listened to it. That was actually a great verse from Royce. Nice. Um, did a very good job of staying on beat when he was kind of talking over it. Then mm. it winds up back onto it. That was nice. a good point. Good good part. Royce, Royce did a good job. Um, I mentioned that Emma's good at hook sometimes. Uh, and something that I feel like I've neglected that I should have known to put on. Uh, these is a, a disclaimer about perspective objectionable content. I don't know why I didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. We're talking about rap music, mm-hmm. current rap music, and like going through it, like our old episodes, I've been realizing, man. You'll hear me throw in the caveat. Yeah. Quite yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, We should have had a more professional version of this. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it now for future episode references, maybe – you know, there are edited versions. There are edited versions. We we make sure we don't leave in anything truly horrible. Um, even though there's the line, the, those that that select line I talked about on the uh, chance episode. Yeah. How god awful it, it was! I wish I, I wish I could have put a, like a content warning yeah. right before that. But um, it's kind of pointless now because we're talking about Christian rap, which is a. <laughs> well, that's a great segue into kind of today's the, topic. Yeah, the least objectionable thing. Um, before <laughs> we begin, how was, uh, how was your interim time been? New music, new anything? Uh, I have one thing, and this is just a uh, public service announcement um, to Nathan, who's not with us today. That's true. And he already knows, but um, this is just going to be for uh, Nathan and uh, like-minded listeners. Um, 
and the news that uh, Macklemore will be at Riverbend Music Festival. Right. So Nathan is a huge Macklemore fan. And we did our very first podcast on Gemini by Macklemore. So Macklemore is set to show up at Riverbend this summer. So get your Riverbend pins now, Nathan and all Macklemore fans. Yep. Well, that's going to be a good time for everyone who likes Macklemore. <laughs> I re-listened to I re-listened to that first album. I re-listened to the episode yeah. and realized, man, I was right. That album was bad. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 that's literally. I'm positive that's the only album we all kind of agreed on. Yeah. Literally, it was because right. we all said this is mediocre yeah. to bad. But um, Nathan, you should go. You you know you should go see Macklemore, and um, I'm putting it out there. I'll go too. So if anyone's going to go, I'll. I'll tag along I'll let, as your chaperone. I'll let y'all debrief <laughs> us when, when y'all get back. Nice. I'm going to go find a show to watch on YouTube. Um, my, my hermit yourself. Anyway, so let's uh, let's get into this. We have kind of a, we have a few albums to cover today. Yeah, let's give an overview of our topic. So today we are going to be discussing Christian rap, kind of it's an entirety. We put in some effort. I picked three albums that I saw as kind of emblematic for an era. We looked. I looked up some lists about, you know, the best Christian rap albums, best albums from this particular era, moments in Christian rap history. We picked three albums. There were so many more we could have gone mm-hmm. over. Um, I wish there was. There were some other ones that I thought, man, these are huge memories for me, formative things. I wish we could have oh, gone yeah. over them. But that episode would end up being, you know, multiple, multiple parts. And dadgummit, there are, there are entire podcasts devoted to just that. Yeah. You know, Rapzilla had a podcast running for a while that that's um on on Christian rap. Um, nice. look, check out Rapzilla and Sphere of Rap if y'all are looking for uh, Christian rap news. Um, specifically Christian rap news. The, cool. Those are those are pretty good resources. Rapzilla has like their own kind of like double XL freshman list for Christian rap, and it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, they're cool. They're interesting. I appreciate them. But we are going to stick with the three albums we have now. We spent a while with them. We spent a while deciphering them. Each of them are in three very distinct styles, and I think I think analyzing Christian rap through this lens, through these lenses. I think it'll. I think we will glean some very, some very powerful uh, insights to the to the nature of Christian interaction mm-hmm. with Culture. popular yep. art. Culture, subculture, absolutely. So our first album, it is the self-titled debut record from the the power trio, the gosh darn Run DMC of the church. <laughs> The frickin' nice. the crew, the Beastie Boys of the pews. So good. DC Talk. In the house. With the, if, y'all, if y'all don't know who DC Talk is, first of all, get yourself to church. <laughs> Second of all, Jesus Freak is one of the biggest Christian rap songs and maybe one of the bigger Christian songs of all time. And what it's that? a crossover. It's, it's yeah. an alt-rock slash rap song. So that's not on the album that we're looking at, but that song... Um, is often cited as the first um, crossover between those. And so part of our discussion that I'm interested in, in talking about is um, is Christian rap and Christian art in general always ripping off or is it sometimes originating um, an aesthetic? And so that was an example um, where there really was innovation and, and history yeah. has um, sort of given a fair amount of credence to um, Jesus Freak as a song that helps launch a particular genre. So, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was cool. I didn't really realize that uh, when it came out when I was listening to it in 1995. 
on heavy rotation in youth group. <laughs> uh, but now it's, it, it uh, you know, it brings back some nostalgia, but it also, um, it's easier to connect some of those aesthetic dots. But Yeah. So that is our first album. Do you, uh, if, if Nathan was here, I'd be like, hey, what do you think? Because yeah. you know, he's, he's the one who ends up being the... Um, the 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 journalist because I think all three of us have like a good dynamic when yeah. it comes to this. We have we have the journalist mm-hmm. who does his all his research. He looks up the interviews. Mm-hmm. He checks out the history. We have the of course the the academic who who is analyzing everything through a very very critical mm-hmm. a very precise lens. Then we have me who listens to music because he uh, doesn't want to do his homework in, <laughs> in silence. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, this would be really good to do homework to. And then my next review is, yeah, this is good to do homework to. And yeah, this is good to do homework to as long as like it's bad homework. Or, nice. Yeah. And if y'all are looking for that, check out them chill lo-fi beats on YouTube, y'all. Nice. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. so DC Talk, eponymous album, 1989. It's eight tracks. Yeah. So it's short. It's um, like th- it's in, 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't come up listening to this. Um, the first time I really got hit with DC Talk was in their album, um, New Thang, spelled N-U-T-H-A-N-G. It sounds um, like which, a new wave album yeah, from Britain. And oh. I think one of them is wearing a fanny pack in the, the album cover, if which you, is dope the because one, fanny packs are back, back, back. <laughs> the one and only music video they released for their – for, yeah. for uh, this album. It's for the first track. It's for Heavenbound. If yeah. you watch the music video, it is mind-boggling. Because first of all, it's Toby Mac wearing the dumbest-looking hat. Like, oh, he's yeah. got this big old pork-by hat sitting yeah. on his head. He's got huge hair. You can tell it's him because he has that really distinct jawline. Yeah. And then he has this whole, like, Charleston shuffle going on while he's wearing a high-waist fanny pack. Yeah. Just full up, right in front, black on a white shirt, dancing yep. in the middle of the street. The man is owning it in that moment. Oh, yeah. I can feel proud of him then, but now it burns. Yeah. It burns my eyes. So here's my metaphor for this whole album. It is your middle school yearbook. <laughs> okay, can you dig it? So, yeah. like, you crack open the middle school yearbook and you look at yourself and everyone looks more or less the same at that time period. Yeah. No one's really standing out too, too much. And you look more or less like a lot of these people. And in one picture, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I wore that. Like, what a goon. Mm. You know, this is so, so dated. And then you turn a couple more pages and you're like, hold up. I think I'm, I'm kind of pulling it like I'm looking all right here. <laughs> um, and that's how this album is for me. All of it is in the world of a middle school yearbook. Um, where there's some stuff that doesn't age well at all. There's some stuff that you're like, I could actually get with that right now. Um, but it's all very of its time in that way. So that's, and it creates nostalgia, um, which, which a yearbook does as well. That's my metaphor for, for DC Talk uh, 1989. And that goes for the, the sound of the music. It goes for the lyrics. It goes for the flow, the delivery, the content. Um, the whole, um, the whole thing. I didn't have a metaphor. I just have, a, a two, two outlines of my notes from the first lesson and the second lesson. And each of them are filled with very anecdotal, very, what I'm thinking in my head. So mm-hmm. some of them are kind of thought out as like, this track is trying to convey this, but mm-hmm. it's doing this. And then some of them are just like three letters with me going, Ugh. Yeah. and then like the next entry. Yeah. Does, I'm going to. There's no metaphor for me when it comes to this album. All I have is to just 
break it down track by okay, track. Okay, let's roll. So let's let's start off with that. Heaven Bound. You got thoughts? Okay, Heaven Bound um, is kind of sets up this waving flag of safety for me in this being a rap album that is marketed for a Christian audience. So we come back time and time and time again in this album to like explicit and also very, very simplistic Christian messages. Mm. There's no subtlety um, and they don't want that. And um, a lot of times what they're doing is they're saying, we know this is rap, but don't be afraid of us. Um, We know that rap has this reputation for violence and profanity, but, you know, get with us, call us the heaven bound crew and you can be too if you only knew what he did for you, okay? So, like, that's their calling card. That's the beginning of their legacy and their career in Christian music. And I think that that's what uh, paved the way um, for success in a lot of ways, um, to have a very alternative sound in in hip-hop, a a sound that's alternative for for a Christian listener, um, but to be so on the nose with the content, I think, is what allowed them to bridge that gap. Um, so in Heaven Bound, um, you know, if you want eternal life, choose my friend, he's Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really yeah. kindergarten lyricism. Yeah. Um, but if you contextualize it, this is 1989, and if you look at other people's flows, like, you know, it's not really that much worse. Um, it's on par um, with, with a lot of those end-rhyming um, rappers that you have. So there are people at the time like... Eric B. or Karis one is like two years after this. Um, they have people like De La Soul and Rakim in this time. Yeah. Rakim came before this. Right, yeah. And so those guys are, you know, two or three steps above. Yeah. But, you know, for the, the, the middle of the road, you know, rap um, lyric at this time, it is, it's not like significantly worse. So that's where I kind of give it a pass. Um, I mean, I hate these lyrics. These lyrics yeah. are, are like just a really disturbingly um, childish. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, they're terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah. To, to, give them, to give them their due, um, they are on a page of a yearbook where a lot of their classmates look similar. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Um, it, yeah. When I was going through and I'm trying to, because like, I was cr- critiquing flow, critiquing, critiquing lyrics, but I'm thinking, man, am I way too modern with this? How am I thinking? I, yeah. I, I went back and thought, okay, what was rap like in 1989? Yeah. And all the lists of what rap was like in 1989, they kept bringing up like Beastie Boys dropped Paul's Boutique, De La Soul dropped Three Feet High and Rising, which is an incredible album. Oh, yeah. I, I looked up when uh, you know Rakim mm-hmm. and Eric B were, were on their game mm-hmm. and, and they were came out before and then they some of the best cases of interesting yeah. rhyming through the time. So. I realized that, then I thought, man, but these guys are, we remember them because they're great. So yeah. what, what is like, there's no way to find out what the middle of the road in 1989 was. So It's tough. It is tough. I, so yeah, we're, like that list that you just gave is the top 1% yeah. of, of rappers from, from that era. Yeah. Um, but another way to look at that is like, how does the music stack up? So what did you think about like the musicality on, on these tracks? It kept wavering between... Yeah. It kept wavering between passable and really freaking annoying. Um, yeah. Specifically on Heavenbound, it was both a hyper cheesy instrumental, mm-hmm. a hyper cheesy, just that that horn, that freaking trumpet that yeah. opens it up. Like yeah. I, 
in reverence, like the lyrics and the ways they yeah. express, like they talk about trumpets on the other part of the album, I can see this having a kind of a thematic mm-hmm. combined combination with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. But when it opens it up, it sounds like it's coming from like a, a, a freaking toy Yamaha keyboard. It's synth. low production. It is low, just, low, low production. And it's they didn't have low fi back then, right? So that's just bad sounding. Yeah. Um. And like, granted, when when the album sold, it sold only a little more over a, like a seven thousand copies in the first yeah. forever of it. So it yeah. took it took a while for it to get off. So I'm not like. They didn't. Ha- they didn't have an army of producers behind them, but the musicality itself. They were uh, a college band, right? Right at this time. Yeah, basically. But um, and they met at Liberty, yeah. which is crazy. I had no. I mean, and uh, Toby Mac was like on the Jerry Falwell old time singers radio show, <laughs> for real. <laughs> before is, before uh, teaming up, so man, seeing yeah, where, seeing where people in the rap game yeah. start is kind of funny. Um, the music from Heavenbound specifically is pretty corny. It is. It is cheesy, but. It's also super infectious. It is. Honestly, I, well, I kept blanking out and then finding myself nodding my head. Yeah. Not just nodding my head, but like rocking back and forth, getting a little dance going. Yeah. Can't lie. Hook hook is sticky. Mm-hmm. The hook gets to you. Like Not the hook, hook, heaven bound. Yeah. Not, not that, but heaven bound. Just yeah. That, that, whenever they bring in a chorus, whenever yeah. they bring in a choir to, to yeah. sing their hook, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's when it gets decent. I compare it to like the... Um, the Never Gonna Give You Up, the Rick Rolled guy. What's that guy? Rick Astley? Rick Astley, yeah. It, a lot of the music sounds like that corny. Mm. Um, and it's some similar period, um, but then it, it, it will stick with you. So yeah. um, they were good um, good at melodies. So. They, they had some decent melodies. Yeah. There was one, we'll get to it. There's a melody that I want to um, Take my time hating. Okay. But <laughs> that, that's going to be towards the middle of the record. Okay. Before that, we have a Got To Be next sure. track. Yeah. Um, this, I think this is the best hook on the album. You think so? Yeah. You like how he went like way high on the word saved? Saved, you got to yeah. be saved. They, like, they just, whenever it's the choir taking over, <laughs> yeah. it, I like it because it's not like the rest of the song. Okay. The rest okay. of the song yeah. is is they're joking. They're, they're, it's not a joke. That's what's terrible about it. It's, mm-hmm. They're really amateur, really immature, sort of overly overly hyped delivery style. Like it's bigger than – like I, I keep thinking of DC Talk as in the Christian run DMC because it's three dudes. And yeah. One of them barely talks. You assume he's a producer. Yeah. And it's just – but and they have like a similar rhyming pattern of like rhyme, yeah. rhyme. Um, but – DMC wasn't this aggressive. Like these, it feels like these yeah. guys are trying to go on the aggression train just to make sure that they can break the wall of people thinking they're a joke. Yeah, but it just makes them kind of a funnier joke. But the difference with the hook is that the hook is powerful. It is an anthemic and uplifting kind mm-hmm. of hook. Got to be saying. Yeah, that's uh, I love that. Nice, 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 nice. I'm surprised to hear that. I thought that I thought that one was going to irritate you. No, cool. Um, no, that that hook, I, I enjoyed it. Again, the lyrics are so freaking basic. Mm-hmm. If they sprinkled in a little bit of the prosperity gospel, I would accuse them of getting too much of their theology from Joel Osteen. Yeah. Um, just with how service level their presentation is. But then again, it comes back to, you know, what Christian rap was being released back then. Yeah, well, and they say in this one, now you can have all the fun and money a uh, man can have, sport a Porsche or carry Gucci bags. Yeah, I know. You You're talking about chains and, and Gucci. gold from your chest to your chin. But if you don't know the Savior, you'll never get in. <laughs> still talking. Uh, ah. So, you know, it's like the gates of hell shall prevail on your soul if money making shaken honeys is your lifelong goal. So there's like this, you know, 
peppering in of the rap game materialism and saying, like, it's bad, which we can draw a line from that to Lecrae in Let the Trap Say Amen, which is yeah. our, our last album. Because yeah. he's all he's always, like, sprinkling in the imagery. Yeah of the rap game and the rap world, yeah. but being like, nah, 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 that's not me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I could flex, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, and so in some ways, there's a great continuity from 1989 to 2018, from this boom bap, you know, like 80s synth produced to yeah. trap yeah. Lecrae. Yeah. Um, and that to me is fascinating. Yeah. I That's synth organ solo towards, towards the end. That... Is hilarious because mm-hmm. they, yeah. they bust that out of nowhere. It's the most '80s thing that could possibly happen. Yep. On their Christian rap album, they bust out the synth solo. Yeah. Mm. That's one of the that's one of the many solos on this album that had me laughing. Yeah. Uh, then the next track, "Final Days." Yep. Rare you find a uh, a song that has like such a such a tone to it. I did mm-hmm. not think a tone like this. Like, granted, the first the the track right before this was "Got to Be," which is yeah. about like. Which is a very direct song about like, hey, you're gonna go to hell if you it don't says, get on the, you've the got save to get train. Saved. Yeah, like that's that's a <laughs> Not very subtle. direct addressing mm-hmm. of their audience. But Final Days is also a very direct sort of like, yeah, y'all know what's gonna happen in the final days. It ain't gonna be fun. Yeah, that's I, I appreciated again. I appreciated the uh, the sentiment. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice intention, Toby. Very nice intention, Mike. Very nice intention, Kevin. But again. No artistry. No. And I actually think this is more playing to a market that they're actually pretty conscious of, you know, as students at Liberty. Like, you know, like the end times, eschatology, apocalypse. I mean, you remember um, the um, Left Behind series is coming out, you know. Oh, wow. And so, like, it's just it's signaling we're cool, you know, like, don't worry, it's rap, but we're fine. (laughs) That's that's. Gonna kind of be my thesis. Like on the song itself is kind of like Revelations, is like yeah. John's John's consolation to yeah. uh, to the Christians in Rome at the time. I can I can see it like that. Uh, it's not as popular or, or no. uh, harrowing. Um, that some of the lines I really really uh, thought were great. The, they had that line that said, "Um, the final days are what my song is about." Really, really, Toby. I didn't get that. Yeah, from yeah. Your uh, your your hook, which is final <laughs> days, just. Really interesting. It's great that they you need to rhyme with haze. It's true. They mentioned that in the <laughs> middle of the song too. So like, if you if you, I guess if you weren't listening already, if you had already tuned out, then yeah. they'll be like, oh, so that's what's supposed to be going on right yeah. now. And then an, another lyric where he says, "I'm talking about God." No misinterpretation. There is no way we could have been misinterpreting you. There is not a single metaphor in this that we could have misconstrued, buddy. If your concern was that people would hear this and think, you know what, they're worshiping Satan on this album, you're in the clear. No one's going to accuse you of backwards masking anything. Well, they just needed to rhyme with creation. Like, they're just not – they're not – did, did complex all, thinkers. So all the mis- rhymes, misinterpretation is how they linked up with creation. W- did all the Asian like words that could rhyme with creation come into existence in 1990? Because they just I'm sure there good. are other. They just they just weren't very good. Man, they had to record <laughs> this the next day, and they're yeah. like, "We gotta start writing things yeah. now." <laughs> yeah. Um, God, uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my theory. Again, they had a beatbox. They had another solo. This one's a beatbox solo. Mm-hmm. Had that it had that eighties beatbox tone, mm-hmm. which has that like there was way too much tongue in the, in it. So it was like, yeah, so much. Oh, I, I loved their beatboxing. Like, it was it was it was great. They did, but it was funny. They did a couple other ones like Time to Jam is a beatbox. 
Yeah. And and they're trying to put on this like pseudo street act, you know. Um, Time to Jam is probably like, Time to Jam is probably the funniest. Quite explicit, yet rated G. That was that line is so emblematic of of their lyrics. You know, it's like mm. we want to look hard. But don't worry, we're rated G. Yeah. You know, it's like gangster, but not gangster. <laughs> yeah, check out we'll this. Play fanny- your ro- we'll play in your youth room. Yeah, um, you think my fanny pack is filled with the tech, but you know what? It's filled with Gideon Bibles. Yeah, yeah, tracks. Um, yeah. All right, The King, Alleluia, next track. That guitar was way too distorted. That guitar was way too loud. I The first thing that happened was me thinking, man, who was handling your mixing? They need yeah. to calm down right now. Okay, this was my favorite track. I loved how hard the guitar was. For me, this was one where I thought, I thought this one aged well. I, it didn't mm. sound, there was none of the synth. It was very stripped down. So if you did what they did then, but you put it on like some modern sounds, like I, I actually think this is the, the track that, um, that you could do like a remake of. Um, Honestly, it, yeah. It, it reminded me of that Run DMC um, song with Aerosmith. You know, yeah, when they walk this way, walk this way was, I mean, it's like four years before this, um, but it, and it also sets up where they ultimately go as being an alt rock band on the, yeah. on the, on the Jesus Freak album. Yeah. So I thought as far as their aesthetic was concerned, the King was the, the one that was sort of the germ, the, the yeah. seed for where they were going to go. And I found it the most interesting to listen to. It had the best potential out of any track in the album yeah. to be. It had it had the potential to be the best track, partially mm-hmm. because like it's it's tough to screw up your so on the nose theology when it's just a story song about like yeah. three distinct sections mm-hmm. of the yep. story of Jesus. Like it's hard to get that wrong. Yep. They just did it. They moved forward. It was decent all the way through. I said the guitar is distorted, but it doesn't kill the the, the track yeah. for me. The just it's it would have been a perfect opener if DC Talk decided to release like a theology focused album. Yeah. Like if they if they wanted to release something that was about God more than about the fact that they are Christian rappers. Yeah, it was a step in the right direction lyrically. You know, you're like doing narrative um, and it, it wasn't quite as like self-conscious. It had more going way. for it than it had pushing against yeah. it. Yeah, I love the guitar licks, man. It was like, dude, this is a hard track. This is hard. Also, it had the word Golgotha and it made me realize, man, Golgotha is a word that should be in more rap. That's yeah. a hard word. I, then, uh, I yeah. then looked for rap songs that have the word Golgotha in them. <laughs> I found one. It's by a guy named King Iso. Oh, my gosh. Dark deep, track. Deep research. Dark track. Ooh, that that is a dark song of, of a man tortured by mental demons mm. and in prison mm. um, called Golgotha. And that is the sort of situation where the Golgotha is a great word to be yeah. using. In that sort of tone, but yeah. in the mix, in the mix of this hyped up, high energy, bright rap, yeah, just, it feels very different. That's the, why I liked it. The word Golgotha itself, the low tones and everything, it sounds yeah. exactly like a piece of Mordor. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that song that sort of has the dark, a little bit of darkness, and has that hard guitar. <laughs> It's Alleluia, Christ is King is yeah. the refrain though, and so they they do sort of like. Um, they mix mix and match with those tones, yeah. but it, that one and the next one, spinning round, were similar, and they felt um, fairly different than than the rest of them. It was another spinning round was another like stripped down, kind of a hard sound. Um, so that one musically, I think was was a nice follow up to the King. I think the 
spinning rounds. I only I only wrote one thing regarding mm-hmm. a single verse on here. Uh-huh. Um, listen kind of close. You might need a dose. A decent <laughs> Christian rap with yeah. DC Talk as your host. Yeah. Waving mm. that flag. Waving that flag. Wow. Didn't just... Uh, mm. They do that. They do that bit over and over. They also they do. do like a King David bit over and they, over, like playing do. a they harp freaking, or something. But they just—it's—I I would call it consistent theming if it just what didn't sound like laziness. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the biggest thing I got from spinning around was that that hook was absolute garbage. <laughs> I hated that hook with every inch of my body. And but it's—it's it's in your mind then right it now. Got into yeah, my I know. head. Yeah, I'm hearing. I it. started singing it as it was coming up, and I was so upset because it's the worst melody in the world, the worst pattern. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that. That's it's gonna be in of, your head. It sounds all like a weekend. carnival tune. Yeah. It sounds like a bad dissonant horror carnival. Yeah. yeah. Why did you let that in? <laughs> Ugh, that's literally the only other thing I can think about. Yeah. It was just so also, did it spin you right round like a record from from I forgot Dead or Alive or what it was called. What came out four years before. Yeah. This just sounded like a, a ripoff in a yeah. way. Yeah. And and I think like it, if it's a ripoff four years later, is it then a send up or a tribute or just incorporating the themes or are you just still just not? You're banking good at- on the <laughs> fact that your audience hasn't listened to rap music until <laughs> they bought your album. Mm. Yeah, I, well, thinking that way might have been courting a you know another audience. Yeah, but uh, I hate <laughs> that song so much. <laughs> but least favorite song, worst thing. Just moving on. Voices praise him. Whack, synth pop. This one, this one to me, musically, is the picture in the yearbook where like you had your your collar popped and like you know all these uh, you know like a uh, uh, <laughs> you know like uh, the the jeans that had uh, that were like tapered at the well they that's in fashion you know, whatever well you know like the uh, the bleach wash wash jeans or something this did not age well at all for me but that was that was just my my uh, musical preference on that one <laughs> we get young David in there again and young David sounds like a great so, MC name yeah yeah they should have they should have led with that but um, I really didn't think they had. Eight songs, so like kind of like what you were saying with Kamikaze. This this one was another one. I was like, eh, sound. It sounds like four of the other ones. So. I literally remember. I think about zero things from it yeah. because the only thing I wrote down here is a. Uh, I didn't even finish it this time through yeah. my second listen. I just skipped it. Yeah, because I I got towards the end and just went. I just I remember the hook. It was like this sort of very very yep. synth. Let um, me let voice, me but. let me pull that hook up real fast. What we got here. There we go. There it is. I can't lie. Yep. This hook. This hook isn't terrible in itself. I won't say the hook is terrible in itself because I also I ended up dancing to like every one of these hooks, just kind of like rocking yeah. back and forth, having a bit of fun. But this is also the track that I could not pay attention. It sounds like the most filler track it possibly it does. could. Yeah. Uh, it for me this is the equivalent of the picture of the uh, the kids in the the science club 
uh, while they're holding some model rocket, but they're all wearing white polos and khakis. Yeah. So they blend into yeah. the the paper of the book. So you just flip over that yeah. picture and you forget it's there. Yeah. So it's it's it yeah. blends so much into everything else. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's seven tracks yeah. and spinning around is just really long. <laughs> yeah. Um, next track, time to jam. I loved it. Beatbox. It's got that. It's it, it's it's supposed to feel like spontaneously done on the yeah. corner. Yeah. Even though it has the most orchestrated, cheesy intro. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It's right. We're going to hit this beat. <laughs> yeah. You drop me something cool. Yeah. I'm DC Talk, and I'd like to say yeah. I rock the mic in a yes. kicking way. I loved it. I mean, that's oh. that's it. That's how you start a freestyle. That is the <laughs> best way to make fun of 80s rap ever. Uh-huh. Just, it's, I'm here to say, in a way, yep. those are all you need to be an 80s just Mm-hmm. Street corner freestyler. Yeah. God awful and amazing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a time capsule of of just awkward charm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I appreciate it. Even nice. though yeah, again, yeah. even though they had them those sound effects that are coming like in the in the periphery mm-hmm. of, of the headphones, you'll hear like, yeah. like these really comical things. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, there's a, there's a short track, so we're we're hitting the last one here. He loves me. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay, this is a corny altar call at the end of the album. So mm. if this album is like a church service, it, um, at the end you got to get someone to walk the aisle, um, and rededicate their life to Christ or make a decision to get saved, which is you know get saved is one of the hooks. Yeah, and it's a very to me like sappy, over-the-top, appeal to pathos. And, I mean, the hook is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. In the slowest In the possible slow, temple it's slow, it could be. It's so, so slow. And so I almost feel like before this this song, someone should be on, like, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> kind of thing. They should um, start each line with just so, a part of yeah. the Lord's Prayer. And so that's also where I want to telescope forward into their mid-career dominance because this one didn't make their career at all. No. This album did not, but it's the it's it's their origin story. So if you look at Jesus Freak, that album, which is an alternative rock slash rap, rap crossover, probably more of an alternative rock album, though, they parody church culture dysfunction in a very satirical way and they make fun of like this like whack altar call kind of thing or like these sort of church culture things that are seen as by a younger generation like artifice and empty ritual and so in Jesus Freak it's almost like they're revising their own catalog um, in understanding maybe how they were too young to understand the culture that they were a part of when they made this DC Talk album. Right. Um, and so that would that would kind of be my wrap-up for the album and also for their their larger career. Yeah. Um, so the story of me finding... Well, the story of me picking this album actually starts uh, last winter. Um, I went up to a friend's place in Nashville. Uh, outside Nashville, we stayed in a house uh, that her family owned, and it, that house was on the the campus of a Christian summer camp, and they had these VHSs, <laughs> nice. prom, these promo VHSs. Oh, I loved getting those. When I was in youth group, they would show up, and it would be like, DC it's, Talk, Newsboys, 
East of Eden, like all these goatee yeah. records. Um, yeah. But the, the signees, yeah. The promos were of of the camp, but oh. they had. But <laughs> never they, mind. Sorry. No, but they're like their background. <laughs> Different VHSs. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Like, um, I I literally spent hours trying to find a show I used to watch on like the Gospel Music Channel. Uh-huh. Um, that was it. Was it was just a show of Christian rap music videos. Yeah. So much of what oh, I listen I to now came from I that. I just loved that. I spent hours and hours and hours trying to find it. I never could. Uh. Could never. I looked at pretty much every single American Christian television show uh-huh. or, or television network yeah. possible. And yeah. I couldn't find it. I, I eventually found this, yeah. like the one song I was looking for. But yeah. the, the promos we found in there were of the camp. They're they're funny. They were cheesy. It's, yeah. you know, early 90s. But one of the one of the videos uh, had this song as its backup, and I just stopped watching the video, and I started indulging. The, the in he loves the, me DC yeah. Talk song, the last one on um, the album. And just just so I don't have to make you guys find this, I'm going to let the the audience here listen to a portion of of that track. Sweet. All right, y'all. So this is the opening. You can tell already that we're going to have a lot of fun when we begin, you know, getting into this. With every eye closed and every head bowed. Exactly. We're going to move forward a bit. Here we go. This low... You have never heard this song sung this low. It has never been this slow because we all know that this is just suffering to get through in the first place. I thought it was going to be a 10-minute track when I started it. Oh, my gosh. But it keeps going. I want you all to hear the the verse. Takes a while to get there. It takes, yeah. That's, but y'all ready for the verse? Here it comes. No, that's not right. <laughs> I timed that badly. All right. This so should be it. much build up. No, I might edit this out. I don't know. Building but it up. No, let's do it. As a second ponder, I begin to wonder why. Ah! Yeah. It burst. <laughs> So it's amazing that they took the raw material of this and turned it into the biggest Christian recording act ever. You know, this is where they started. It's, I think it's truly a situation where you can, you can use it to show that God truly does redeem people. <laughs> And, you know, like from nowhere, from from no matter where they begin. Yeah. But, you know, think about like you're you're in seventh grade when this comes out and all you have because your parents only let you listen to Christian music. Yeah. Is Steve Green and Sandy Patty and maybe Stephen Curtis Chapman. OK, so like running up against that, this is like, you know, a revelation. It's like it, it does feel countercultural. Yeah. Um, but. When you listen to that right now, it is rough. It is. <laughs> it is rough. Pain yeah. incarnate. Yeah. So that is um. So DC Talks first first album <laughs> is uh, it's well, it's not good. Um, that's a that's a pretty good yeah. summation, I think. But it's telling, and it, it's an yeah. origin story, and it, it's a it is the birth of an industry, like a famous author's like first book. Twenty minutes. 
Mm-hmm. I gotta go in about twenty. Okay, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna speed this up. I feel like that was the album I wanted to talk about the most. Well, we honestly. got it on. Yeah, okay. I was I was ready for that one too. Uh, all right, so we're gonna hit these next ones pretty hard. I think Grits is honestly the one that I, I'd be willing to spend I, I think the littlest amount of time okay. on. That's fine. Honestly, because it's 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 a pretty good album, really. It, mm-hmm. it it's it's Grits's. Uh, I think I think their third album. It's uh-huh. called Grammatical Revolution. Came out in nineteen ninety nine. That gum man, it's. It might not might not be something I bump in the in my spare time, but it was something I did not have a bad time listening to. I thought it was excellent, and it really felt to me like a coming of age for this genre. So it's Truly. a decade after DC Talks album uh, that we just reviewed, and it doesn't feel like a sort of like shift it like taking someone else's aesthetic and then laying Bible verses over it. Yeah, yeah. it really felt like they were masters of a craft. Um, their lyricism was was excellent. They change up their flow. They have multiple musical styles. And it is so catchy. So the song, I'm a show em. I'm going to show them. I'm a show em. I'm a show <laughs> Yeah. Um, that hook and that song, I remember that was still hot in, in 2005. I mean, that was still on like, you know, the sports team warm-up mix. I mean... Five, six years later, that had a great lifespan. Um, And for me, what makes this whole album good, um, the lyricism is excellent, um, but it's also subtle. So it's Christianity is not like, here's my big Christian flag that I'm waving. It's I'm a good craftsman at this this art and you're going to be drawn in and then, oh, by the way, this is like a clean record. And, oh, this is like, oh, there's like Christian stuff in here as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not nearly as on the nose. Um, and they're really clever. I mean, they've, they're from Nashville. It's a duo. But it has that like outcast Atlanta feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, I, I think they're the closest to outcasts. Of of any other, I think they're a um, little understated in like their their delivery is yeah. is still. What I really liked about the group as a whole is that their their delivery is not overstated. They aren't overly eccentric, but yet they don't blend into other groups. If mm-hmm. I hear if I hear a Grits song in in the wild without knowing it, yeah, I feel like I could pick them out. Yeah, they still maintain an yeah. identity without being overly eccentric. Not saying mm-hmm. like Outkast is overly eccentric, is but you can tell Andre three thousand's voice right. if he pops up anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's here's a line from, I think this is I'm sh- I'm a show em. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's from something else. Um, but it's I'm uh, show em has like that great line about repping Nash. That's the, that's it. People think taste the real titan. from fake appeal. I'm from the Ville. I thought you knew we was Titans. Don't clash with Nash. Not on a mission to prove, but was commissioned to move. Not for flashy style or image, but because God said it was finished. That's so much internal good. rhyme. And you've got the play of Ville and Nash and Titan. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's what I mean by subtlety and craft. And, you know, having this last line with, you know, uh, but because God said it was finished. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- that's a reference to God. It's explicit, but it's not like, you know, are you heaven bound? Are you going to get saved? Yeah. You know, you're, you know, the devil's coming for you. Yeah. Um, which, which I thought was, was really good. Um, I thought time is passing that low key one, um, had a tribe called quest vibe a little bit going on. Um, Mm -hmm. the lyrics were a little bit more preachy in that one. They get, they get a little more explicit. It was pretty darn basic. Um, 
But uh, I really like the Spanish side of their hook, though. Oh yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That that was, that guitar it was very intro. sweet, very very very. Uh, that was on They All Fall Down, I think. No, the, the Spanish one. Um, no, it comes from uh, Time Is Passing because okay. it's like El Tiempo. Uh, oh, pasado. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But Time Is Passing. I think C to K. Yeah. Everyone's out in the circle, so uh-huh. come on in. Do being a friend, cause that hook yeah. is just, that. That's the kind of hook that will get me moving, man. This that, is a dance album. I mean, you honestly, cannot sit still. Seriously, it so much. It is. It's a workout I, album. I would. Yeah. I would, especially to C2K. Yeah. Um, and does that one end with the skit with like the hillbillies? Yeah, that was hilarious wait, too. Wait, is that the right one? Um, oh shoot, hillbilly skit. I think I wrote this down somewhere. Uh, so there's this little skit. That's at the end of Struggling. That's at the end of Struggling. Okay. Where they kind of have like this conversation with these like over-the-top stereotypical whack Tennessee rednecks talking about yeah, yeah. rap. And so they're, they're from Nashville and it's like we're going to come, we're going to take over. Like Nashville is going to be like this rap city now. Um, and it really felt like a legitimate hip-hop album skit. Not something that was yeah, because it was low key. It yeah, didn't, it didn't feel like the it didn't feel like time to whatever. I already forgot the name of it from from DC Talk. It, it time felt, to jam. Yeah. yeah, it felt much more natural and flowing. You couldn't hear some of their words, so it feels like someone just pulled out a microphone while some people yeah. were talking to each other. Yeah, and it was humorous and also a little bit self deprecating. So yeah, that's what I, I thought. That one was really good. And then the last track, the end. Featuring Out of Eden. Out of Eden, I love that was like the Christian TLC. Really? I mean, they were this trio, beautiful. I remember like our youth leader would play like the promo VHS music video. I was like, those girls are fine. I had yeah. such a crush on East of Eden. <laughs> and their voices just blended so beautifully. And them pairing up with um uh with uh grits here in nineteen ninety-nine. Um, was great. Um, by the way, so like all of these recording artists, uh, Out of Eden, uh, I said East of Eden, it's Out of Eden. East of Eden is a John Steinbeck novel. Um, yes. the, uh, they're all on this record label created by Toby Mac and, and yeah. DC Talk, Go-T Go-T Records, Records which, which creates this huge industry. Um, and they had this like subscription list and you could send off certain money and receive numbers of CDs and cassettes. It was awesome. And so they really had like a, a legit industry hustle um, with that. And Grits, so this duo, do you know where they met each other? Yeah, they were backup dancers <laughs> for yes. DC Talk. They were back up. It's like the whack, wackiest whackness of a whack group. Yes. But they come out and they're like dope and lyrical. Yeah. On Supreme <laughs> so Brain, they, they name drop, they name yeah. drop everyone in DC Talk. Yeah. And I thought, man, yeah. that is some so the, there's kind just, of like this them. there's kind of this family biz element yeah. to the Christian rap game <laughs> they're from fun. 89 we, to now. We have there no really room is. to beef. Yeah. There's not enough no. of us to maintain no, 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 beefs. No. no. <laughs> yeah, so that in in some ways I think that's very sweet. Yeah. I think um uh, okay, the the single greatest uh, insult of all the '90s, I think, it was confirmed on "Stop Biting." Yeah, um, you old style nibbling wagon, jumping bragging, skill non chainsaw jawed bandit. That was, you know, <laughs> and if you can like lay down a diss with that much cleverness and not have to go like the Eminem profanity, like that yeah. really is crafty. Honestly, um, and so like I I gotta say, well done to them for that. Um, and they don't hit below the belt. They don't. No, it's good. Uh, on uh, the the 
biggest thing that stuck out to me was Supreme Beings Instrumental because it starts off with like this odd 20th century contemporary classical yeah. orchestral nonsense. It could be a joke on yeah. any other album. It would be a joke yeah. instrumental. They somehow managed to make it work. Mm-hmm. It opens totally. up like it's a complete farce and then it just they, they they are able to land on it with a flow that that rationalizes everything. Yeah. It's the one that also drops the the, the DC Talk reference. Yep. I I didn't I didn't realize I, I'd be able to enjoy it, but man, did I though? Yeah, it was I, terrific. And their 2010 album Quarantine is really terrific too. I mean, as a, as an album, um, and they've got singles. Um, I feel like they've just been like consistently good. And they've adapted. Now, they haven't shifted as much as Lecrae, and that's kind of where we're going yeah. next. They haven't ha- – and, I mean, DC Talk, they didn't just shift. They, like, you know, changed they, hemispheres they from album to album. <laughs> um, but they pull it – somehow they, they pull it off in a way that, that was successful. Yeah. Um, Grits has a little bit more artistic continuity as their sound evolves. But Quarantine is also um, a great listen. It's – Yeah. If, if if anyone wants to listen to some other uh, grits tracks, I, I'd recommend Ooh Ah, which Great. is their biggest single. That was single. a hit. If anyone's from Tennessee, you need to listen up. You yep. need to listen to Tennessee Boys. Yep. That is a that is our anthem, guys. Mm-hmm. If y'all are from, can you play a little bit of it? Do you have? I it? think. Oh man, I could probably pull it up. That is, I don't know. Just oh, listen, y'all. First of all, this instrumental's got such a nice groove in it. This kind of low hustling sound. Come on. It is good. Uh, Ooh Ah, actually, you know, looking at their Spotify playlist, um, Ooh Ah has 113 million listens, which I didn't realize. They have a million and a half monthly. Yeah. They're... I didn't realize... They're a crossover group. I mean, they're they're, they're legitimately one foot in both worlds. It's insane. I never really realized that. Um, Also, Here We Go, I think, is the other one I'd I'd recommend. That Mm -hmm. was the one that I grew up listening to with my Mm -hmm. family. My dad loves that song. Nice. But that is a... That's a good time, but man, grits, grits came out. They they stuck their foot down, said we're going to be good and Christian at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what? They 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 had the best sort of balance. I think mm-hmm. we can get out of it. And now that the distance between DC Talk and uh, Grits is ten years. It's nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety nine. Now we're going to jump about twenty years. Unfortunately, I wish we could have done something from 09. I pulled up KJ five two. I gave a, that a spin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, KJ the is Christian Eminem. Um, yeah, kind of. He's he's just but as not ho- very good. He's just he's as not, hokey as he needs to he's be. Just, he's not that good. He really isn't. No, but it, it's an it's an interesting talking point for, you know, where does the Christian world sort of like leech off of the secular world in the rap yeah. game? And I think he's a good. He's actually he's not the Christian Eminem. He's the Christian MGK because without Eminem, <laughs> you don't have a career. <laughs> Yeah. How about that? How about that? I'd call NF the Christian MGK. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. In terms yeah. of like, in, in terms of image and presentation, yeah. if we're looking for like one-to-one comparisons, yeah. NF's got that hyper-aggression yeah. factor. And KJ52 is like early slim levels of hokey That's weird. what I mean. Yeah. he He's MGK because he needs M yeah. to exist. Yeah. In terms of like yeah. in, industry, in, yeah. in an industry way, he is definitely. But he doesn't have a bad flow. Um, but he's, for me, he is the most derivative of of any of these yeah. acts. If you if you guys want to see the funniest picture I've ever seen, uh, look up the cover art to Five Two Television. 
he is just rocking a whole bunch of bandanas <laughs> and some pretty silly jewelry. Yeah. He is a he's a funny guy. We couldn't we couldn't take a stop in, you know, yeah. mid to end 2000, so we jumped forward to what I think is the probably the most important recent Christian rap album. Lecrae teamed up with a big big name producer Zaytoven who also recently had an NPR Tiny Desk concert mm-hmm. uh, to produce Let the Trap Say Amen. And as as the as the resident trap expert, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve some opinions on it for just a bit. Okay, um, I want to hear what you get through. Okay, um, that's a big title I've given myself there. I'm yeah, gonna, no, I, I'm I would say like uh, Cooper Ferguson, aka BC Trap King. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm I'm about to add to my Twitter and Instagram bio a uh, Loki mumble rap apologist. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay, so this this. Um, in my evolution of taste, which I have put in your care, Cooper, mm. um, I'm so sorry. This came at a better time than it would have, like if this was my first real listen to trap. So, mm. like if I'm coming to trap out of my, you know, like lyrical and, uh, you know, prep, I, I prefer the lyrical and I prefer prefer like big beats with a lot of like, you know old school turntable type style, Um, lush beats, horns, orchestration, you know, like the big, the big thing. Um, I, I would have really struggled to get through this, but since I had the context of having, you know, listened to chance, having listened to Yachty, having listened to, um, the boy band, that's not a boy band for, we can uh, fight about this another time. No, what's the name of the band though? Brockhampton. 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 I forgot. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Great I apologize. I can't remember all of them right off the top of my head. Um, and then just a couple of the other real new school things that created a context for me to come to this and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I like it in spite of myself. I honestly do. I was playing it at the house, and my wife is is uh, not a great lover of the trap. And she was, she was like, and of course I had DC talk on at the house too. So I've been getting a lot of what the heck are you playing <laughs> this week? Um, it's for my show, yeah, honey. I know this is work. This is work related. <laughs> <laughs> um, and need a different job, but she doesn't have, she doesn't have the context that I have of, of having listened to some of this stuff. So I was like, okay, I can, I can sort of hear this and I can hear the difference between the tracks and I can sort of get with it. And if the Grits album is like you could work out to it and you could dance to it, this is sort of like you can get in the car with your buddies and cruise to it. This is the... You, you know you, what I mean? You can trap to this. You yeah. Can, you can bump this. this yeah. Is, this is the vibe. This is the get in the whip with your boys this album. Is, <laughs> I love, the, I love so, the, the enunciation. Get in the whip with your boys. Uh, um, yeah, so... I think I can get into it on that level. Now, that being said, um, Zaytoven is a killer producer, but yeah. why does he have to get the little girl to say Zaytoven every time? It's, it's your joint album. Oh, my why gosh. You can say it once the beginning. You like don't have to say it after that. Knows. Literally no everybody one knows. else thinks that this is someone else's ghost producing for you. Zay, you're fine. Stop it. Like, you've, you've done albums with Future and Migos, like... 
relax. Like you're going to get your credit. So for me, that inserted a hokiness in listening to it as an album. Whereas I think in a lot of ways, this is meant to be listened to as individual tracks. And so like the name that, I mean, that was just irritating. Um, this corny like name check of yourself at the beginning of every one. Um, but um, Waka Flocka Flame. He keeps popping up in he places is, you don't. He is on the third track, Two Sides of the Game. I actually love that track. It, yeah. I thought it was a hit. And... I think Waka Flocka Flame might be the unifying thread between all our episodes. <laughs> like he was on him. He's been and, on all these albums. And Quali and freaking everywhere. Yeah, he's you just, everywhere. I love it. I was looking. I've been looking up tons of because if I'm going to be the mumble rap apologist, I gotta yeah. I gotta know my game. So I've been looking up literally mumble rap history, best yeah. albums in the best albums ever. Yeah. And someone posted on like a Reddit thread yeah. that said, "Hey, what's the best trap album you can think of?" And the first post on every every single time someone reposts something like that, it's Flockavelli, Flockavelli, nice. just for history's sake. And the thing about it, you know what? Flock has put Flock is history in in the trap world, and yeah. he shows up in Quali's record. He shows up here, and I'm. I don't think there's a time I've ever been like, man, that Flocka verse is whack. No. He was like walk he was like walk a flock of cray on this one. <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty funny. That was so good. So I like that one. Um I my favorite track was the very last one, By Chance. Mm-hmm. Um probably because it was the least trappy. It was the most upbeat, um, and it had um some cool horns and some cool instrumentals. And I thought I, I really thought the lyrics were good uh on that one as well. So that one was my was my favorite, um, and like lyrically, yeah. So he's he says, um, "We done came a long way now. God be listening when I pray now. Came from country roads and riding on the train now. Now we in a private fl- plane. Ain't no flex, and I'm just saying wow." Um, and so I think in a lot of ways he still does a lyrical thing that DC Talk was doing in 1989, where he's getting God into the mix with these other images of um, a rap culture thing and saying, like, I I sort of stand apart. Like, if I'm on the block, it's because I'm witnessing. I go to prison, but it's for a ministry. Yeah. So I I think that's cool. Yeah. It's now now from from the traffic, from the trapidemic. Yeah. Um, the trap academic, the trapidemic. Um, <laughs> I get it. This is a decent trap album. Okay. Um, the problem I had while I was going through it was that I, I, I like Zaytoven's production. Mm-hmm. The one, the number one thing he lended to the album was consistency. Yeah. It's, he he is the only reason this could be an album. Yeah. Like tons of these, I, I should separate them out as singles. That's how I would enjoy them. Yeah. But he made sure that this is an album through and through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't break from itself at any point. It doesn't feel like um, Gemini. It doesn't feel like the odd breaks away that, that Kamikaze had at times. Yeah. This is 100%, except for I think like the final two tracks, that's where it kind of starts winding down and you mm-hmm. feel that trappishness vacating. But yeah. at the same time, it's still... It's a nice it's, outro. It's still present. Uh, this is a good trap album. And if you're a Christian looking for Christian rap and you're upset because like you only want to be listening to Christian rap, you don't want to be listening to, you know, all the all the, all the vile, uh, vileness and themes and profanity and regular rap, then this is your godsend. Yeah. Then this album is exactly what you want. This will be the trap album you want to listen to if you're if you're interested in trap, but you want to listen to it 
in, in a way that you're comfortable with. Yeah. But if you are a trap fan, this album is kind of just another trap album. Okay, interesting. This is this isn't. It is a decent trap album. It is a very good Christian rap album in today's landscape. Yeah. I was going through old my old uh, Lecrae stuff that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I started listening to After the Music Stops again because that was the first that was yeah. that was the first album of his I bought. That's He's the been one that, so prolific. That's the one that opens up with Jesus music, which is a for yes. the ages. It will never yes. stop being. It yes. is, I screamed that out loud yeah. when I was driving home at three in the morning. That yeah. never gonna stop loving that track. It but, is uh, good. You know, the change from there to then, the man's gone through so many shifts. His last album he got flack for because it was a uh, it was very political and not very political in nature, but it had definite political leanings. It was called yeah. um as a there was a track called America on it. Yeah. It was it was definitely he was he very was, politically conscious. He was being a very, very direct uh Christian, but also doing a very good job of being like, "Hey guys, I have to discuss this. This yeah. is this is a problem." Absolutely, and he yeah. he brings up the, he brings up the issues uh, that he he feel like he that that I think he probably got from from the church and probably some of his like uh, pretty dedicated fans yeah. on, on one of the tracks in here. He brings up how people might have had a problem with the 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 way that he not the way that he handled, but the fact that he even handled that situation yeah. in a way. Uh, that was on that was on Preach, um, yeah. which had a cool hook. Mm-hmm. Now, Trap trap is very much about its production and very, very hook-centric. A lot of these hooks are, I think, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there are hooks in... Um, in, in that that grits had that I, I prefer over yeah. this in lots of ways because these hooks again that consistency unfortunately can sometimes devolve into being sameness monotone yeah yeah these hooks start sounding exactly like each other after a little while I felt that way um, but now, I didn't know if that's just me not having as broad yeah. a now, palette for the for the trap having listened to tons of trap. It's true. After a while, okay. these hooks start being similar. Now, tons of hooks are similar, but that's how you find, yeah. you know, the good stuff is the stuff that isn't similar and how you find decent stuff. Again, it's not bad. It's just this is kind of mm-hmm. sounding the same. I think the best thing they had going for them was uh, the hook on Holy Water. That was good. Because if you took that hook and put it on pretty much anyone else's track, that would be hard. Yeah. That would mean, that that would be such a euphemism for something cold, yeah. some, some drug-related ice-related nonsense um, here, really basic what it means, yeah. but it's that that hook alone sounded cool uh, Blue Strips as a track I think was kind of the, the most boilerplate like, yeah, people are doing it for the money Yeah. and What did you think about the hook on Only God Can Judge Me? It was it was, it was above par mm-hmm. um, Only God Can Judge I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that track uh, overall, um, even though that's that's the moment where I started saying these hooks are beginning to sound okay. the same. But I can say that, uh, unfortunately, uh, I just started to zone out at yeah. that point. That's, that's when the trap nature, that's when it started, I think, leaning on mumble rap more than it was leaning into trap because mumble rap's nature is to combine vocals with instrumentals. Yeah. Meaning you stop paying attention to what he's saying, you start paying attention mm-hmm. to how his voice sounds. But yeah. that means I'm not paying attention to your words anymore. And if and if you are being a Christian artist working Christian lyrics and that's the yeah. only thing that you're using to express your Christianity is your yeah. lyricism, then 
you can't really afford to let that meld into everything yeah. else. So when I started zoning out, that's when I started saying it's losing some of its Christian identity. Mm-hmm. But when it started losing some of its Christian identity, I didn't think it lost its musical quality. Yeah. Because the quality still remained behind because the instrumentals, again, a lot of that's on Zaytoven, but again, a lot of that's on uh, Lecrae's delivery. Yeah. Because Lecrae, he's been in the game for years and years and years. He's got friends he's got all about up and a down. a dozen different flows. Throughout the, the industry. The man knows what he's doing. He's not an amateur. He's not some joke. He's not out here trying to be with the big dogs. He's one of the big dogs. Um, so I... As an album, I I definitely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I I for real appreciate uh, what it is for the Christian rap world. Mm-hmm. But I do you think it's successful outside of a Christian only audience? I to some people maybe to, yeah. to people like me maybe not because when I look for trap, I look for a certain kind mm-hmm. of 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 trap. I look for a certain expression or. A certain kind of aggression or a certain delivery. Yeah. Um, Lecrae's voice is not my sort of taste because when I look for a voice, I look for either something that's really, really hyped up. Yeah. Or something that's really, really cold. Yeah. So like either Denzel Curry or 21 Savage. Yeah. He, I think his voice is really well suited to the lyrical flow from the early years. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Him on Rebel after the music stops. Yeah. That all that real talk. That's, that's peak Lecrae yeah. for what he is and how he performed. Yeah. I want to listen to more of his old, um, yeah. his last album because I was listening to a couple of it. His voice kind of changed up for, a, for portions uh-huh. of that album. He started getting more expressive, a lot more fun. Um, I Talking about the track, talking about the, the, the album track by track would be kind of useless because I keep coming back to this is a decent yeah. trap track. This is a decent trap track. This is decent. Towards the end, it kind of falls off for me because, again, it's not my favorite thing. The one track where I think I had more to say on it than pretty much else was on Switch. Yeah. Because that's a pretty basic handling of that concept. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is an example actually from the same year, two months later, on a different album, of how to do that kind of a track well. Because Denzel Curry's album he dropped last year called Taboo had a song called Switch It Up. Hmm. Exact same concept. Hmm. And I couldn't pay attention to Switch. I can get down to switch it up yeah. because it's not overblown bass hyper aggression right. but it's a guy who knows how to use his voice to bring in the instrumental more hype everything else up and then his flow and the instrumental combine to then create a full on level of engagement for a listener mm-hmm. on a track that when it comes from that voice then you get into how it feels from this after all these songs that are kind of the same after hmm. a while, it doesn't feel preachy, but after a while, it just feels like a guy who's just talking to himself after yeah. a bit. And I am really surprised at your take on this one, Cooper. Yeah. I, I I have to be more critical yeah. because it's it's both Christian rap, which is my field, and it's trap, which yeah. is my which is my field, yeah. which is where I I spend my time. I think we college. almost met in the middle on this one. Like I had like I gave it like extra credit and you gave it extra credit. <laughs> yes, it's so. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, that is this is officially the longest episode we've recorded. Uh we all got three stuff. albums three, three albums decades. With, with no, two how did we do? We did no, yeah. Three albums and two dudes. Yeah. Um imagine what would no, happen we did, we if only, we had we, Yeah, we did three decades. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If yeah. we had uh if we had Nathan in here, it'd be so yeah. much longer. Yeah. Um kind of glad we didn't. I mean, not not against you Nathan. We we are hyped up for our our next engagement. Um but let's let's bust out some ratings real quick. Okay. Um, what do you um, for for DC Talk? I'm gonna go mm, three, just straight mm, off. Okay. Three. Can't handle it. Six. Six. Okay. I'm give cool. it a strong 
six. If I was to evaluate it within its own time, I'd probably give it like a four to five. Okay. But in this perspective, um, some of those hooks made me want to die. I'm just <laughs> not going to ever do that again. Grits. Seven, seven to eight. Seven to <laughs> yeah. eight for me. I think a seven. Yeah. I think I'm going to – screw it. I'm going to go seven eight. And have, yeah, eight. I, I, I'm going eight. Yeah. The end, the last track, the end. It's how final days yeah. from from DC Talk should have been. Yeah, it really it it wraps it up. It, it sounds it does that a note much, of finality. Much better job. Yep. Uh, and last but not least, let the trap say amen. Twenty eighteen Lecrae. Um, I'm going on a six. I'm going to go with a five. Okay. This is the one and only time you've ever given a trap album a better rating. <laughs> Higher rating than you. Oh my gosh. You're, We're flipping the script here. You're decomposing into me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm rising above the grain. <laughs> we will replace each other at some point. Yeah. I'll come in here talking about Karis one. You're going to come here talking about no, Pump. Also, Lil Pump <laughs> dropped an album. Don't know if anyone cares. It's, jar- it's bad. It's bad. Because it's Pump. I um, want to make my last comment this. Cooper, I'm sorry that I forgot the name of Brockhampton. Will you accept my apology? I accept your apology. On air. I understand. Live. I, I completely accept. Okay. Um, Thank this you. is going to be the end of the episode. Uh, I'm I'm putting my foot down. The next album, the, the next episode is going to be about experimental rap because I, I love that genre. There is so much to explore. I'm going to bust out an album that's going to make some people squirm in their seats just because <laughs> they don't know how to accept the noise. All right. I think it's important. Um and I think I have an album that that you may adore. Oh, I think okay. I'm going to say it right now. I think you're going to love this awesome. album. I think you will. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. Longest episode ever. If you're here at the end, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, please listen to the rest of the uh, WJBC catalog. We will be back in, you know, three to t- six years. Uh, we <laughs> never know. But thank you all so much. And y'all have a good day. We can now pronounce this. Rap. It's a Rap is a production of WJBC The Roar. Any opinions expressed are those of the individuals. If you'd like to find more, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, or find us at wjbctheroar.podbean.com, and email us at wjbcradio at brian.edu. Music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. Visit them at thepassionhi-fi.com.